Welcome to the Collide Podcast. I'm Willow Weston, the founder and director of Collide. And if you are a regular subscriber to this podcast, you know that I sit down with people every single week who are seeing God show up in their lives and colliding with them in powerful and amazing ways. And we have conversations around that. And my hope is that you will have a collision with God just listening to these interviews. And so today I got to sit down with my friends, Jeff and Bethany Flint. They've pastored a church in the city I live in for over 20 years. And we had a really great conversation around unmet expectations. And what do we do when we say yes to a calling or say yes to an assignment in life and things aren't going the way that we wanted them to go? And it was a a great conversation that will expand your heart and mind around when you want things to go up and to the right, but they feel like they're going down and to the left. So enjoy this conversation. Jeff and Bethany, this is so fun. I get to sit down with you today, and it's just so refreshing to sit down with friends who uh, light up a room. I just prayed that, actually, before yeah. this special record, yeah. but you guys truly are the people that every time I see you, whether it's on a sidewalk walking somewhere to a restaurant for lunch to some sort of gathering, I just feel like you are people of the light. And so it's so fun to just like sit down with you. And I feel like I'm beaming being in your presence already. So thank you for hanging out with me. Oh, oh thanks thank for letting you. us be on your team. Collide, yeah. Willow, Collide, yeah. everybody. We love it. We're really oh. honored. Well, you guys have served First Baptist Church in Bellingham, Washington, in the Pacific Northwest for over 20 years, which feels like, isn't that a world record somewhere? Like, shouldn't you win like <laughs> some sort of trophy or something? For Sometimes it feels twice as long, but. <laughs> for 40 years, it's like dog years or something. Dog years. What, what has it required for you to say yes to serving that long? Well, um, God has placed, uh, God has placed the church. So, uh, God has placed our church in particularly in the urban core of our city. Mm -hmm. And he has had us in this place for over 139 years. So, um, we are, we're, we're kind of, we're, 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 we're dipping our toe in the stream that God has already uh, started so many years ago. And our current location being, uh, current building being 70 years. And so, so we're just, we're standing on the shoulders of people who have been uh, faithful for so many years before us. And so uh, we, we just get to be in that long line of faithful servants and um People who have loved Bellingham, have served Bellingham, have been a part of Bellingham for so long. And uh, I think it's the oldest uh, oldest operating church in, in the city. So uh, it's just a blessing to be a part of that. It's, just a, it's not anything that we've done, but it's, it's all what, what God has done. And uh, just being part of that faithful presence downtown. What do you think, Bethany? I was going to say the, we, we can be steadfast because he is steadfast. We can be faithful because Jesus is faithful. And what it means to 
um, follow, like Eugene Peterson says, the, the long obedience in the same direction. And the way that it, it, it can be tempting to see and follow trends in ministry and to watch change around us and um, to, uh, Jeff talks a lot about the call, like being here and being present because of the call. And we just haven't been called anywhere else. So um, it takes just showing up for 20 years and being in people's lives for 20 years. And uh, just, I think about the way that it is long enough to build relationships, to maintain relationships, to see conflict in relationships, to end relationships, and sometimes to see those relationships restored. And those are processes that you don't have when uh, when you're riding the wave of like change or trends in ministry, um, mm-hmm. but showing up and being faithful to the call and showing up in people's lives in that way is a way that um, Jesus shows up in unexpected ways. Yeah. There's so much I want to unpack about this, but one thing you guys said, which I'm kind of internally laughing, maybe I shouldn't be laughing, but um, <laughs> you said it's the oldest operating church in this city. I mean, is that pressure or what? Like, <laughs> you said yeah. yes to this, were you like, oh my gosh, we can't be the people who close this thing down? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's real. That's, that's real. real <laughs> yeah, that's totally. Real. You talk about this idea that you received a call and you haven't been released. And you talk about Eugene Peterson's idea of a long obedience in the same direction. And sometimes a long obedience isn't glamorous. And I think a lot of people, um, they move from place to place, whether it's in ministry or a job or a relationship or whatever, because Mm -hmm. they're not happy because it's Mm -hmm. not fun because it's not going the way that they wanted it to go. And so it's not about them necessarily listening for, is God releasing me, but man, I'm not happy. I want to move and do something else. And it's very interesting to me because it is kind of unique that you guys are pastoring a church where you've been there so long, you've had sort of the hard work and the long suffering, but also the complete blessing of probably being there for babies being born, people being baptized, people being married, and you're burying them. Not like, oh, I'm a pastor here for five years and I marry, bury, and baptize, but like, you marry, bury, and baptize like the same people sometimes. Mm. Mm. (laughs) I mean, how do you think that 20-year commitment to the same community has blessed your life in the way that you've been able to walk people's journey with them? Oh, that's good. That's a good question. Um, Use the correct word with blessing. we uh, get a chance to go through the real stuff of life with people. Uh, you get invited into the the in, very intimate, vulnerable moments of people's lives, where you get to uh, pray with people. 
in the most joyous moments of their lives. You get to grieve with them in the most devastating, traumatic moments of their lives. Uh, so you get the full full spectrum. And uh, and when you can see Jesus in uh, in those moments, um, uh, like we're not bringing Jesus into those moments. Jesus is already there in those moments with those with those folks. And so uh, we just get to uh, enter into just the sweet moments of people's ups and downs. And uh, and we get to see Jesus there for 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 people. It, it's an, it's incredible blessing. You almost can't put it in, in into words. Mm. And so it's uh, such a gift to be to be able to do that. I think in partner in partnering in ministry with the people of First Baptist, that kind of longevity allows an ebb and flow of faith for and with each other. And I think what I mean by that is that uh, we are we are partners in ministry. Uh, the 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 people in the church we're all partners in ministry, and and our when 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 it's when they're going through tough times and their faith is wavering and they are seeking then they can borrow faith from us and when it's hard for us and we are struggling in faith we can borrow faith from them and to see when it's when it's difficult for us and to um to to see the seeds of faith sown that we have had the privilege to be a part of. And then when times get challenging for us and we can ask them to pray for us on our behalf and we can borrow faith from them is a, is, is a beautiful long-term perspective. Mm-hmm. So to give people sort of a glimpse of what life looks like for you and saying yes to this call to lead and serve and pastor at this downtown church that is the oldest church in the city, I would imagine you've had so many roles that you've had to fulfill that people <laughs> don't quite get it. They think, oh, you're a pastor or pastor's wife, and they have like this idea. But can you kind of invite us into like the myriad of hats that you've had to wear over the years? Yeah. Do you want to hear about going under the church to abate asbestos? Do you want to hear about <laughs> pressure washing vomit from the front front area? Cleaning up pee and <laughs> Do you want to hear about um asking um professional um professional child child psychologists to come in and help us with our children's ministry. <laughs> you want to hear about how to help people put their clothes back on when they come to the front to respond <laughs> in the song of response at the end of a service. <laughs> I, do. I want to hear about it all guys. Keep it coming. <laughs> you want to hear about, uh, um, about, uh, I do get to lead worship as well. And uh, so that's, that's, that's a lot of fun. But, but all the way back to, you know, planning the planning, you want to hear about planning garage sales for fundraisers for the youth group, <laughs> all that kind of stuff, uh, helping to cook meals for the Tuesday night meal ministry that we serve. Whoever needs a meal uh, can come get a meal. 
You want to hear about <laughs> yeah, uh, water uh, water mitigation when the basement floods and we <laughs> cut out the carpet and and uh, take it to the dump, all that stuff. It's uh, it's not boring. I'll tell you that. That's for sure. <laughs> Working you know, with I hope the people who listening, this is like a write your local pastor a thank you card <laughs> moment right now. Like press pause and be like, whoa, I never knew. And thank them oh, yeah. for what they do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I really think people don't necessarily get the full compass or responsibility or roles when you say yes to the call to pastor a church. It's not just preaching or what they see on a Sunday on a stage. Mm. I mean, you're yeah. literally, you guys are laughing and that's fun, but it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What were your expectations coming into this role, do you think? And you, you actually sort of, tipped me off before this podcast that you wanted to have a discussion about how Jesus actually met you in your unmet expectations mm. that he collided, yeah. collided yeah. with you there. So yeah. tell us like, how were your expectations not met and what were those expectations? Yeah. So we're both from Texas. So we're, we're Texan transplants. <clears throat> in the Pacific and, Northwest. Uh, very different Northwest. cultures, guys, if you don't know. <laughs> Very different. Down, I like to say down in Texas, there's a church on every corner. Here in the Northwest, there's a coffee shop on every corner. And mm -hmm. so it's just a lot different vibe. And uh, just growing up in that Southern culture and then coming up to this culture up here was, was pretty eye-opening. And I had to learn real quick that uh, you had to have a reason for why you believed what you believed. It wasn't just spoon fed to you it wasn't just part of the water that you drank in in the in the in the culture that you were in but it's uh you had to know why you believed what you believed it's funny i had to become a pastor to know exactly okay why do i believe this stuff okay this why um <clears throat> and then uh so i started as the associate pastor in in the associate pastor role doing all the stuff and then uh became the lead pastor took the lead pastor role in 2008 and I'll tell you what, so, you know, when you, uh, for me as a young person at that time, you know, taking that role, I had all the, I had all these expectations of we're going to, we're going to grow. We're going to, we're going to blow up. Everything's just going to keep going up and to the right. And, uh, <laughs> things are just going to be smooth sailing because, you know, I'm a pretty extroverted, you know, nice guy, pretty, pretty good guy. And it's just gonna, it's just gonna be, what uh, what I want it to be. Ministry is gonna be gonna go the way I'm gonna make it go and control it, and it, it's gonna it's gonna go the way I expect it to go. Well, that was all uh, shattered uh, the third day on the job uh, in 2008. Uh, we had the third day on my job uh, on when I had that role was uh, when I took the role was we we had one of our church members was uh, dramatically. Um, killed by uh, their their son, and and that happened in our church. So my very first Sunday of of ministry, I didn't preach some vision sermon about how we're going to take over the the world for Jesus. Mm -hmm. My very first Sunday was a lament Sunday. It was uh, all about the wilderness and uh, starting. So we started ministry in the wilderness. We started with that very very traumatic. Uh, event and so this the church family came together around uh, this widow and and 
and supported her and prayed for her. And our service was just crying out to God. And uh, it was it was at that moment where I where I knew I was out of my league. I was out of my depth and it wasn't going to go like I thought it was going to go. And that is that is that has proved true over over the, you know, uh, 13 years since I've been the senior pastor. And um, still, I think I'm still still learning it. It's not going to go the way you expect it to go. I think that's the whole the whole theme of every of, of, of colliding with Jesus and anything that we've ever done in collide conference podcast, anything, a collision with Jesus yeah. has a result that is unexpected hmm. from the, from the original, That's good. from the original idea, whether it's the woman who wanted to touch the hem of Jesus robe to, and she just wanted to receive healing, but she received so much more to, um, I mean, any story that's a collision with Jesus is just a story about diff about a different result than, than our expectations. And, um, I think for us, it was, uh, some of it was structure and format of what a church should look like and the metrics that are used for quote success in ministry. And those metrics that are used for success in ministry are sometimes equated with is whether or not God is moving in your midst and whether or not God is at work with you. Mm. And to know that those indicators of if church is going, quote, the right way is a is a is an indicator of whether or not God is at work in our midst is um, is something that we've had to learn to tease out. Mm-hmm. Whether it's children's ministry or youth ministry or um, homeless, homeless ministry or, uh, you know, all these different um, sort of boxes that we put ministry in. Um, it, this, our experience has shattered all of them mm-hmm. in every way. Bethany, I love how you're challenging us to remember that when Jesus collides, we never get what we expect. I mean, I'm thinking of so many, like you're making me think of the woman caught in the act of adultery and what she's expecting is torture and punishment because all these religious people are casting, you know, want to cast stones at her. Mm-hmm. And what she gets in Jesus is no condemnation. And he stays yeah. standing with her and calls her to live differently. And, you know, when the religious people are at a party and they're sneering and like, why are you hanging out with sinners? They're expecting to be confirmed in their judgment. Yeah. And in actuality, he it suggests that they're the ones who need a doctor because they're mm. sick, right? Like mm-hmm. they're judging mm. other people and they're the ones who need help. Like people don't get what what they're expecting with Jesus. Like I love yeah. that word that you're giving us. You talked, Jeff, about being a pretty good guy. And I would, I would, you know, say you're more than a pretty good guy. But I hear what you're saying. Like you're like, hey, like up and to the right. And and that's a really funny phrase because I think we can all resonate with like, yeah, like I'm just like, I'm leaning into this. It doesn't matter if you're a college student, you just graduated and you're like, Hey, like I've been working for this and I'm going to get this job in this career field. And it's just, I'm on the up and up, man. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what it is. We all 
sort of can resonate with the idea of like, I'm on a path and it's up and to the right. And when it, it, when it doesn't go the way we expect, like how you experience ministry starting with mm. murder and death and grief yeah. and confusion and all of those mm-hmm. things, yeah. a lot of times when it's not up and to the right and it feels down to the left, mm-hmm. we leave. Mm-hmm. And so even taking out of church culture and church setting to like our own personal lives, like what is it that makes you guys keep saying yes, even when it's not up and to the right? Because I think we can transfer whatever that is that makes you guys keep staying. Like, what can we learn from you in that? Mm. Uh, okay. The first thing that came to my mind is, is the people around you. you the, I, I would be gone if it wasn't for uh, fellow pastors here in town, especially, especially uh, my best friend. Chris, who who has kept me in ministry, who just listened and let me let me weep and cry and um and and her and just just listened and and said, hey, uh, hang in there, stay with it, um, don't make decisions in these in these down and to the left moments, in those these times of desolation. Don't don't make those moment don't make those kinds of decisions right now. So definitely the community. Uh, community of people you have around you. So I just think about uh, just kind of the events that Collide has for, for women in our, in our area and wherever, wherever anyone's listening to, you know, having those people in your life that you can just be real with and be like, I'm, I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to leave. And uh, so having that, having that community, having your, having our faith community around us just to, cheer us on to, to keep us to keep us going let us know they're they're praying for you that would be the first thing that i uh thought of when uh in in answer to your question is i i wouldn't be here without without my friends mm-hmm. praying for me and encourage encouraging me and and blessing me hmm. i would say the i a, to compliment that what jeff just said would be to be that when things kind of are up and to the right to be intentional about being that for people, mm-hmm. to be a good listener, to listen without giving advice, to listen without interjecting your own experience, to show up to the birthday party, to show up to the whatever, and to be that for people. Then when things are down and to the left, that's when um, you can draw upon that well of friendship and to uh, to invest when it to invest when you can in these relationships, in these um, partnerships in ministry, in order to know that there's going to come a day mm-hmm. that you're going to need to rely on each other. Uh, I think another thing is knowing that it will not always be this way. Mm. To and I think that's an advantage of having a long-term perspective, knowing that, yeah, it's hard, but it's been hard before and God has seen us through to the other side and knowing that, okay, when it's hard again, God will still be faithful and he will see us through to the other side because we have experienced what it's like for things to be hard and for God to carry us through. And we can apply that to the present situation that might be challenging. Mm -hmm. 
We believe that God has something special in store for your life. Do you need some help discerning next steps in your calling or wishing that God could do something big with your life, but you don't know where to start? Or maybe you're tired, overwhelmed, or burned out and need some encouragement and inspiration to get back up. Whatever season or life phase you're in, we've got an incredible online course called Women of Impact that will equip and empower you with tools to fully live out your purpose in this life. This course comes with over 70 teaching sessions taught by over 50 incredible women and features topics like discerning direction, dreams and vision, health for a purpose, impact in every chapter, and more. You'll also get beautifully designed journals and incredible resource lists. This course was created for women on the go, meaning you can access it anytime, anywhere, on any device. Now is the time to get inspired and equipped to make an impact with your life. This robust course is available for only $149. You can learn more or register by going to wecollide.net forward slash women of impact. You guys are challenging us, but I would imagine there's people listening who are in either a season or even having a week or a day where whatever their particular calling, whether it's in, you know, as a teacher in the education field or Mm -hmm. as a leader in business or as a doctor or a nurse, whatever someone's calling is, Mm -hmm. they might be having a moment where they want to quit because it got really, really hard. Mm. And I would imagine that you've had a time or two or five or 10, if you're (laughs) like me, where you're like, I want to quit because it's hard. How, like, what, what do you do on those days? Wow, that's a good question. The call, I mean, for me, it's the call that keeps, it's the call of Christ that keeps me here. Like, I just keep going back to that. Uh, For me, it was January 3rd, 1998 at 8.50 p.m. And that was the moment where I sensed the Lord saying, hey, I want you to serve the church. I want you to serve me in the church. And so uh, so I have I for me, I'm, I'm I feel blessed to have that particular moment in time. I, but I have to choose to go back to that moment in time and remember that, OK, God has called me to this. And that is that is the strength. If Jesus has called me to it, this familiar phrase, he will see you through it. Right. I love that phrase because. Uh, the the what keeps me here is not my competency uh but it's his it's his call and so i i'll encourage anybody who who has this kind of this sense of of call and whatever vocation whatever they're doing right now yeah and there's times where where that shifts and changes and we have new seasons and fresh uh fresh seasons of life that we are uh, called to transition into and move into uh, but you don't do that spur of the moment or um, compulsively. You do that in in prayer and in consultation with your community of faith and your church. Uh, but the but the call is 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 strong enough to keep you to keep you in it. Mm-hmm. It, it was that way for Abraham and for uh, for Jesus Himself in Geth- Gethsemane. The call of God on Jesus' life. He's not my will, but yours be done. And he he was able to go through that pain and suffering because 
because of the call of God on his own life. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's so many people in the world doing amazing things and yeah. impacting people and making the world a better place and helping people. But it's such hard, hard work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're showing up every day and they're Show tired. Yeah. And it's so easy to just want to cut out and like find something easy to do. Yeah. And yeah. it is a call. And for some people, maybe it's it's like, hey, take some time and process and be reaffirmed in the call. And for mm-hmm. other people, maybe it's like, ask God to speak and call you because you're not sure That's or right. process mm-hmm. with someone, a trusted friend, a counselor, a pastor, whatever, to yes. make sure this is your calling. I think a lot of times people experience, hey, I'm in a situation and it's not going like I thought it would go. Unmet expectations must equal God's closing the door and telling right. me to leave. How have Ooh, you guys deciphered yeah. the difference between, hey, like, yeah, I got called to a church for 20 years and it's been flipping hard and it doesn't mean I'm supposed to go versus are these signs that I can't do good work here? I can't experience fruit here and there's something Mm -hmm. else for me. How have you found and centered around God's will on where you're supposed to be outside of your circumstances going well? Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, For me, three things come to mind on the days that are hard. The first is just not making any rash decisions, but just waiting it out just to see what happens. The second one is asking God, what are you doing? And it can be in a mad way. God, what are you doing? It can be in a curious way. God, what are you up to? What are you doing in this situation? It can be, but I think that that's important because that's a prayer. That is a coming to God in the situation. But to me, that question just really helps uh, helps give perspective on what happens when when our expectations are unmet. Because there have been times when, for instance, God has answered our prayer to bring more people to First Baptist, and this year He answered that in a way in which three other churches started meeting in our building. So we celebrate the way that God is moving in bringing churches together. And lately, I just, I feel like the churches in Bellingham, Washington are like one big capital C church. And we're all kind of just small groups for the, for the same church, because the amount of interaction I see is, is just so encouraging and the amount of cooperation and, and teamwork between different congregations, whether it's just to host in a building like ours or um, doing ministry together is just really, it's just really encouraging to see. Oh, I love the idea of praying for something and you get something that looks entirely different, but it's actually an answer to your prayers. Like it's literally like, oh, I prayed for some individuals, but you brought three churches. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um. You guys, one of my favorite stories about you, Jeff, and you know, because I've written a blog about this on our blog, but I, you know, you guys generously gave me a free parking pass at one point downtown (laughs) so that I could walk to work and not have to pay every day, which is really nice for someone who works in ministry and nonprofit world. And 
So I'd park in your parking lot and walk by your church every morning to go into work. And one morning I saw you out there, Jeff, and you're like hosing off the sidewalk. And at first I'm like, huh, Jeff's like pressure washing the sidewalk. And then I realized like you're pressure washing puke. Pink, and, yeah. you know, like homeless people are sort of making their bed outside your church at night and you were showing a love to them by sort of this sacrifice and suffering and like cleaning up of this mess, which is like disgusting and gross, like food wrappers and needles. I mean, all the things, right? I'm sure you have lots of stories, but mm. When I saw you doing this, I was so interesting to me because you were, when you talked to me, you were smiling, but you were doing like the grossest job. And I thought, <laughs> nobody says, hey, I want to be a preacher so I can go clean up <laughs> puke. <laughs> and yet you're showing up every day and you're doing whatever it is. God calls you to do. And I think it's so interesting because the call to follow Jesus is a call to serve. Yeah. And I think we want to glamorize service and we want to keep service where it's cool and it's hip and it looks good yep. and it has lots of followers and it's shiny and, you know, it's lucrative, all these things. And I'm curious if you guys can invite us into what the call to serve like Jesus looks and feels like, because it's not the one we often think it is. Mm -hmm. That's probably uh, working with folks who, who are experiencing homelessness has probably been uh, something that the Lord has worked on, on me for um one of the biggest areas that he's needed to work on me in my in my pride and my arrogance because you're you're exactly right. I want the church location facility to look good and attractive so that people will go there and and typically it's easy to think when a person is sleeping in front of your church it detracts from that and it makes your makes people want to stay away and avoid it. Uh but but the Lord uh, really has convicted me in seeing each person as a person and individual and rather than just going up to them and say hey you can't sleep here which is what a lot of folks initial response is hey you can't you can't do that here um uh it, when you when you see people as people and you get into the nitty-gritty and uh you relate to them as as people and serve them by you know cleaning up their bodily functions out from your from your church you're not only helping them you're helping the community you see it you're helping the church you're just making the space as beautiful as you can but uh you're not doing it for for attention or anything like that you just do it because because it needs to be done and you need to do it and you love your church you love you you love your city and you love your people now let me tell you uh, i've been doing that for a number of years now and a couple weeks ago um, I had COVID and had to miss a, a couple of weeks of our, uh, of our meal that we serve every, every Tuesday night and Willow, somebody there, one of our friends who are experiencing homelessness, they had a get well card and they took the time to go around to everyone who came for a meal to, to sign a get well card for me. Now that 
uh, that was amazing to me. That was like, that was, that was incredible. That was, that was, that made me feel so loved. I felt the love of Christ from my friends experiencing homelessness. And, uh, and it just, it's just, I think it, be, I think it came from those years of just saying hi to people and asking their names and remembering their names and helping them clean up stuff. Uh, and so it, it's just, when you, when you treat people as people, it, uh, it, it makes the, it makes serving them, um, a little bit, <laughs> it, it just normalizes serving. This is what, this is what we do. This is what Jesus would do. And, um, and the return for me with that get well card was I was, I was dumbfounded. I was, I was amazed that I, I didn't expect that, but I was, I, I was blessed. I was, I received the love of Christ from our homeless friends mm-hmm. and, uh, it was such a gift. It was such a gift. That's such a beautiful story. Even before you were sharing that story, I was thinking of the scripture, whatever you do unto the least of these, you do unto me. And I was thinking, you know, when you were pressure washing, you, you, the way you were serving the homeless people by kind of putting up with that, that part of letting their presence be in the space. (laughs) Um, you were doing unto Jesus, but it's so interesting because they experienced Jesus in you and then you experienced Jesus in them in a sense. Here you are yes. laying in bed, I imagine, sick, feeling terrible, and you get a yeah. get well card yeah. from one of your homeless brothers. Yeah. And whatever you do unto the least of these, you do unto him. They were serving yeah. you in the way yes. that you've been serving them. Oh, it was beautiful. That's amazing. I amazing. love that story so much. That's awesome. Jesus invites us into what we often say is this upside down kingdom, right? Like he says, if you want to be great, serve. If you want to be first, make yourself last. If you want to gain your life, lose it. If we were to live into his reality, this kingdom, this upside down kingdom, what do you think that would do to most of our expectations? Uh, I think it would expand them. Mm-hmm. I think it would. I mean, we our expectations can be very narrow at times. Mm-hmm. This is how things are supposed to go, and it can get pretty narrow. And so, uh, I, I think, I, I think when Jesus, I think, I think it just blows the doors off of what Jesus is able to do and what He wants to do. He wants to do uh, more than we can think, ask, imagine. And he he's ready to do that. He's waiting to do that. He he's for our happiness more than we are for our happiness and joy. And so, um, so, so I, I think he expands our expectations of what's possible, what's real, what's good, what's true, what's beautiful, uh, way beyond what what we have. Uh, our expectations mm-hmm. are uh, so. Hmm. Bethany, do you have anything to add to that? I'm I'm thinking about I I don't know how to like tie this back into expectations other than to say that he um just twists our expectations on um where we find love, acceptance, forgiveness, healing, wholeness, energy even and I'm I'm saying energy like to get, 
to get to get us going even like and out of living out of that wholeness and uh love and joy and peace and uh healing so i'm just thinking about all the years of children's ministry and the way that um i read you know somewhere that usually a church's children's ministry has about 7% kids with special needs and at one time our children's ministry had three times that so it was a very unique situation and honestly it kind of reflects our broader congregation we have adults with special needs mm-hmm. whether it be physical uh mental emotional um there is there we we i feel like sometimes we experience a lot of people who need love and cannot um cannot interact socially in a way that we all expect and yet they need love they cannot give love in a in a in a socially acceptable way that looks like what we would expect and yet here we are and yet they um, deserve uh, my attention, love, support, need, welcoming, um, and and we've experienced just the ways that they reach out to us in their own ways, and that they show love to us in their own ways that it, that sometimes is not socially acceptable. You know, like the like the card is such a beautiful example, but I just think about like some of our other friends who. Um, experience um, all kinds of special needs, then, um, you know, maybe there, maybe it's hard to have a conversation around them. Maybe it's hard to have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's hard to, um, maybe they shout out in the middle of <laughs> whatever's going on or do things that are socially in, inappropriate um, or have other needs like, uh, my friend in a wheelchair who for whom the bus comes late every Sunday and her need is that we wait with her for that late bus after everybody else is gone. Um, so I, I think that in terms of expectations, sitting in the wholeness and peace and love and grace that Jesus gives me so that I can be a vessel to give others that wholeness and love and peace and grace and not expect them to give it to me in return. Hmm. So to understand my expectations of where I'm finding love and support and energy and wholeness and healing and knowing that Hmm. when I have that from Jesus Hmm. and that's where I'm expecting that to come, then that, then we can show that to others. Hmm. You guys, <laughs> I want to have you on for a 2.0, but <laughs> I know we have to come to a close today. I'm so grateful for all the years of your service to this city. I'm so grateful that you keep showing Jesus's love to people that often are forgotten or pushed mm. aside or mm. devalued. Mm. I'm so grateful that you keep saying yes to God, even when it's down and to the left. Hmm. And my last question for you, you served this call for over 20 years. And in another 20 years, what do you hope to look back 
on and see about your service together. I think about that phrase, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, Just uh, instead of instead of asking, was I a successful pastor? um, Asking the question, was I a faithful pastor? And I think a lot of people can use that for whatever um, job they have or or place in life. Was I Mm -hmm. instead of asking, am I a successful this or that? Mm -hmm. Asking, am I a faithful business owner? Am I a faithful college student? Am I a faithful teenager? Am I a faithful, um, whatever it is, faithful wife, husband, spouse, single person? Uh, just how was I, was I faithful? I want to look back and, and say, okay, I was, I was faithful. It didn't look like it didn't, it didn't look like what I thought it would, but, but I did what Jesus asked me to do. Period. Mm. That's awesome. How about you, Bethany? Um, I know that there will be, I know that there will be fruit that we can't see yet. (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of saying yes to the call is that you don't do it because you can see the fruit, but you do it because you know it matters. You know God's using you, and you keep going even when it's hard. And you keep saying yes, trusting that He's at work. And I love that you guys are doing that in our city and in our world. I'm so grateful to know you, and thank you for your time hanging out. We loved it. So good. Blessings to you and Kalai and everybody listening. We we love you Mm -hmm. and we bless you. Thanks, friends. Wow, don't you just love Jeff and Bethany and want to be more like them? I know I do. I love that story about the homeless guy that wrote Jeff a get well card. What a beautiful example of what it looks like to say yes to the call to serve. It's not always glamorous. It's not always fun. But I know some of you are busting it out. And I know that you're giving and you're sacrificing and you're suffering and you're showing up day in and day out and you're doing the thing and you're being faithful, whether you're a mom at home and you're pouring out and investing constantly into your kids and it's hard or whether you're toughing it out in a hard season in your marriage or you're you're continuing to believe that a dream that you've had for a very long time, a vision that God's given you that it's possible and you keep showing up and it feels like, man, am I wasting my time? I don't know where you're at today and I don't know if you want to give up, but man, can we just take, you know, wisdom from these guys that just because things are hard doesn't mean that you're not where you're supposed to be. And in fact, sometimes it's in the heart that you experience Jesus the most. And He can blow your mind that your expectations might even be small, smaller than what He wants to do in you, smaller than what He wants to do through you. So be encouraged, friend. If things are hard, keep saying yes to the call of Jesus in your life and keep serving others. And may you be encouraged that He truly is using you in beautiful ways.
If you need encouragement, I just encourage you to grab hold of one of our Bible study books. They're 12-week, I think 10 or 12-week studies. We have Yes You, which is on this whole idea of God using you to do amazing things in the world. There's also Go Ahead, which is about taking leaps of faith and stepping into places where God can do the extraordinary through your life. I encourage you to grab hold of one of those if you need some inspiration today. I hope that you'll keep colliding and we'll catch you next week.